Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. When we installed Internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. And you Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? You beautiful bastards. No matter how large, no matter how small, we'll be on the Internet in the year 2000. It's the primary way that people will look at information. Hello, and welcome to When We Were There, a Bias Internet History. My name is Thomas. And I'm Josh, and this is a podcast all about the history of internet content, the who's who's, the what's what's, the where's Waldos. <laughs> We're going to get into it all. Whether you like it or not, but I think you do like it. I if think you're still do. here, you, you might like it. If you've heard our other episodes, you're like, oh, what's this one? Who's the guest? Yeah, there's no guest, okay? Easy with that shit. We don't always need a guest to be cool. Yeah, you're just going to get a full helping of old Josh and Thomas uh, just coming a, in live. A couple of wholesome boys with their wholesome toys. Not like that, guys. Come on. Yeah, like Beyblades. Oh, shit. I could really go for some Beyblades right now. Dude, we should let it rip right after this. There's this girl we work with and her brother uh, says that she says her brother still uses Beyblades. So somewhere in the world you can get them. So I'm going to maybe gank her brother's Beyblades. Is that like chill? I do. That's more than chill. It's like rad. I feel like there's something that I have to address on the pod. Okay. Um, I'm not proud of it, but I did shave um, both Thomas and my partner, Laura, hate it. It's not good. It's upsetting. It's not good. It's it's showing that ugh, too many snacks over the holidays, but also just like I feel like I'm a beard guy now, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will say at this point, um, your stubble is growing in again, so it doesn't look as bad. But when you it was bad guys. when you'd first shaved and you were baby faced, I was pissed. I was upset. Thomas was livid. He was gonna completely throw away our whole not just friendship but partnership. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna burn it all down. But then he told me that it was gonna grow back. I guess. So uh, I mean, I didn't know that that's how that worked. So uh, I guess it's cool. Yeah. So if there's any hostility during uh, today's episode, just know it's because Thomas is livid, but still getting more to terms with the fact that my my beard is gonna grow back. Yeah, that's exactly the situation. <laughs> and and speaking of livid, speaking of pissed, I think I kind of want to go back to a time where, in a way, the whole world was a little pissed at a specific guy. Can, can, can you tell me who this, this duder was? Yeah. So this, this episode is sort of one of my times to shine because this episode is all about my theory, my I don't want to say conspiracy, but my theory of how the world works. And it all... St- and I have a counter theory. And it all stems from Coney 2012. So, I feel like most people might know Coney 2012, but... I think if you were either a millennial or a late Gen Z, you definitely know it. If you were on Facebook in the year 2012, you 100% know what Coney 2012 is because it spread like wildfire. And this is sort of where my whole thing stems from. So Coney 2012, if you don't know, was a, a political... And you yeah. do know. You do know. Actually, I, I, I hate to yeah. interrupt you, but I'm going to. Um, is Actually, they, they did do a statistic, and half of young adults between the ages of, I believe it was 15 and 30, had seen it. So there's a 50-50 chance that if you're in our demo listening to this podcast, you, you know what Coney 2012 is. There you go. That says it all. It says more than I ever could. Um, so, Coney 2012, as you surely know, uh, was a political awareness campaign, I guess you could call it. It would be the best thing to call it. Um, 
about this man Joseph Coney and his uh, renegade group of just villains i guess i don't know mercenaries rebels and, and yeah so it's a, a militia yeah militia will. is probably the best word and ah fuck you know now i'm gonna look like a fool but it was uganda right uh it was uganda it was the south sudan um somewhere else but don't yeah. correct us i think well what it <laughs> never correct us i think what it were the video uh, spoke of was in was in Uganda. Anyway, so it was called the the Lord's Resistance Army, uh, captained by Joseph Coney, and it was essentially a child army. I, I so, just because people watching the video will know, I, I looked, I cheated. It was Uganda, you're right. It was Uganda the whole time, and the Congo and South Sudan. Nice, okay, that's good. Good that we got that. Uh, <laughs> anyway... So and and honestly, I I'm not really here to talk too much about Joseph Coney and what and that whole situation. That's not really what this is about. What this is about for me is Coney 2012, the political campaign by Jason Russell and documentary that sort of put him on the map. So and I do want to state right from the start, um, I think the video was done like totally in earnest with good intentions and i maybe possibly even did some good um for the situation however what i saw from it as as a kid when it came out 2012 it would have been what like 16 something like that 15 16 years old and when coney 2012 happened i remember so let me just say this this is the theory Coney 2012 marks like a distinct point in internet history when like sharing information and memes and whatnot went from like something like using the internet went from something that was like sort of a hobbyist thing that like you know not everyone did to everyone and their grandma has a Facebook account and for me seeing that happen was seeing everyone jump on board onto Facebook share this post as much as they could it went everywhere it went like super viral everyone was talking about it and people who i like i went to school with who never ever really used the internet were talking about it and were and were online and i for me because then it later came out that the video wasn't exactly legitimate it wasn't like they simplified and maybe obscured some of the details of the situation and it then led to a whole like backlash of people being like we've been had we've been goofed uh which ultimately led to jason russell having a a psychotic breakdown in san francisco and jerking off naked in the street and it was was, filmed yeah and it was not his underwear down and started jerking his freaking gherkin and not a good look i will say that not a good look my point is this trajectory that was set i think by Coney 2012 led to the, the widespread of misinformation, particularly on Facebook, which ended up resulting in, dare I say it, Donald Trump becoming the president of the United States. It's it's all a ripple effect. The Mayans effect. were right. The Mayans were right. The world ended in 2012. Everyone always says, oh, we should never, never have killed Harambe, that goddamn gorilla in, what, 2018 or whatever? No, you're not thinking early enough. It was Coney. It's all Coney's Coney fault. Coney ended it all. I, I do want to somewhat chime in here. 
if yeah, I may. Go, go for it. This permission? is my mad uh, ranting. Permission to interrupt, sir? Permission granted. So I, I definitely agree with you. This is not to disagree with you. I'm just throwing my personal backstory in it on two things. Number one, Facebook. And number two, sort of what I would call, and I was in this camp, and I'm sure partly I am still, is uh, young adult leftists that know half of a story getting behind something. And I think for for me personally, where that started leading up to Coney 12 being kind of the peak, and I'm not sure if you, you remember this, I'm sure other young people remember this, is Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Um, and we live in Vancouver. We grew up in Vancouver. Uh, and though the whole idea of the 1% of the wealth you know, I, I grew up upper lower class, meaning like the upper echelon of the lower class. So I think there is still roots that I had in there. But I I started talking about Occupy Wall Street because I wanted to impress ladies, you know? Like, I didn't really know the whole scope. Of it. I, honestly, no one in my school really knew. Did, like, did you get any ladies from it? Never. Of course not. No. I maybe <laughs> talked to like one chick, but that was about it. A dude yeah. gave me like a handy J at an Occupy rally, but it's not, it's not it was dry. He had it was dry, rough hands. Turned out it was a goddamn squirrel. But yikes. I, I think what it was is kind of this misinformation, people not totally knowing what they're talking about, but this big movement brewing across, you know, Facebook. Similar to like, I know we had some anti Trump rallies in Vancouver, which I totally agree with that piece of shit, but. We can't vote for the dude. Similar to, like, the Occupy Wall Street movement that was literally happening on Wall Street in New York. You know, like, a bunch of 15-year-olds going to, like, the art gallery and saying, oh, you know, especially a lot of those kids being trust fund kids talking about. Yeah. You know, like, not really knowing what they're talking about, but promoting this thing. And I think that peaked with Coney 2012 because I remember, like, there were posters all over our school. People were wearing T-shirts. Everyone shared the link. So that's sort of, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm talking about is like that to me was one of the first big instances of like this, yeah, this half of a story or this thing that like came online that people didn't really research into and just jumped full tilt onto and were like, yes, I'm on board for Coney 2012. And again, like I think the the actual cause I think was pretty legitimate. I understand even like the choice to simplify things to reach a wider audience. Like I understand the strategy. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it in totally though. I will say the, the documentary is actually really well made. I, I watched it again recently and it's like incredibly well done and like kind of very manipulative actually. Well, that's the that, thing is I heard, I heard a quote by a, a YouTuber Quentin reviews and it was, when a documentary starts becoming entertainment, it is fiction. Yeah. And it's the thing is like, I, I would say my favorite documentary, because I come from a film loving background, like presentation wise, is uh, a, a film many people have heard of, Super Size Me. But the thing is, the reason that Super Size Me worked was because a lot of the studies that they were doing were cherry picking information. And a lot of like the experiment that he did is like he's talking about how you can gain so much weight at McDonald's. But when you're eating a thousand calories over your maintenance, you could be eating lettuce and still gain weight. I think the thing is, is that uh, Morgan Spurlock is just a fantastic filmmaker. And it seems to be the same with Coney 2012. When when he presents something in a very entertaining yet manipulative way, it becomes more entertainment than it is document 
documentation. Well, and here's, here's the thing, and this is what I mean when I say it's manipulative. It's out, and it's like kind of insidious. Is first off, they do a classic. Um, Jason Russell starts off the video talking about his son, and he's like very cute kid, and it's very fun to watch him hang out with this kid. And then he goes, "Yeah, look at how like happy this child is." Now imagine if he was a child soldier, which effective because immediately it makes you relate to like a child and, and makes you think of like maybe even yourself. And then it goes, okay, but now look at this. And they, and they introduce you to, and here's the thing. I've already forgotten this kid's name. And this is sort of one of the issues of the video that I take with it is it's so focused on this Joseph Coney guy. It doesn't really talk about like any of the victims or anything. And, and like, it really makes you remember Coney, but I don't remember the, the main kid's name who I think deserves just as much, if not more press. But anyway, what is truly insidious in my eyes is uh, the whole framework of the documentary is like a Facebook thing. So when they talk about, he's like, so I created this organization. The visuals they use are creating a group on Facebook. When they say spread this message, it's sharing. They show visuals of sharing on Facebook. So it's very clear what they were attempting to do right from the start. And it makes sense again, but like to push people to share this on social media as far as they can and it's like almost like a subconscious attack i mean they do explicitly say to do it but by using all this imagery it's putting it in your head um and again i think it opened the door to show people who are acting in uh, like bad faith actors just how powerful this thing is and how manipulative you can be with social media uh, be that advertisers, foreign governments, or whatever it is. Um, and and I just don't know, and I could be wrong, but I don't think that was really happening on such like a focused scale before Coney 2012. And I remember the internet never felt the same, never felt as, like, you know, niche after Coney 2012. Oh, I felt like that absolutely. was the final break of the floodgates to mainstream to everyone is online well i'm i'm gonna do a, a quick little pseudo history lesson for all those boomers and zoomers you gen z's you tiktokers as well is kind of back before facebook had become what it is today which i think it's fair to say is kind of a conglomeration of a bunch of different conspiracy theories and your aunt and your weird uncle posting like whatever sort of weird anti-mask thing they have. I remember when I first got into Facebook, I don't know if you remember, Thomas, but I remember it was 2007, about four years after, three, four years after Facebook started, but when it first kind of started going from colleges to younger people, I was 12. And it was really like we'd share photos. We would uh, send like videos to our friends. It was a lot more of just like sharing information. You can change your Facebook status like to in a relationship. It was, it was definitely more of, similar to akin to something like a MySpace mm -hmm. was at the beginning. Uh, you know, you'd share photos, you'd share videos, you'd, you'd maybe try to promote your own stuff that you did, but it was mostly like you chatting with friends and maybe flirting. And I think Coney 2012 kind of marked when, like you said, even if it itself was not meant to kind of like be this viral marketing campaign that lied to people, I think it showed that it was so easy to do so. Yeah. Which did lead to like Trump winning the election and, uh, you know, Cambridge Analytica being able to do these targeted ads that could kind of skew your viewpoint. Yeah. And so that's that's exactly where my my whole 
theory comes from, I guess, is just like, it's just crazy for me to see this. And I feel like no one's talked about that or no one's ever pointed this out that because again like i see people talking all the time about harambe being i mean people also like to think that the world in the last couple years went to complete shit when it's like eh, i mean it's just more obvious now like i feel like people are are paying more attention but all this shit was still happening oh for sure in the background i mean of like definitely some things are, are getting worse but i still am a believer of that humanity is generally on a trend uh, an upward trend uh we're just having you know a couple missteps here and there but i just i find it i don't know it, i don't know why it bugs me so much it's almost like in uh, like it, not enraging but like to see people keep fucking pointing out this goddamn gorilla meme as like the reason for why <laughs> i know it's a joke but it's like there's i feel like there's an actual thing to look at and it's already a meme too so you can still have the joke coney 2012 i remember that thing became a joke so fast the dude jerked it in the streets that's way more funny than it's, a goddamn the gorilla's gorilla sad <laughs> yeah gorilla jerks off normal gorilla behavior maybe you'll put a banana in his ass no one gives a shit but like a director of an acclaimed documentary is jerking off in San Francisco. That's hilarious. It is. I mean, it's also kind of sad because the poor guy had a mental breakdown. <laughs> he was on the rise as a documentary director. But I think another... And again, th- it's really well done. I can't stress this enough. It's a really well-made documentary. Like, I was watching it and getting, like, worked up. Like, I was getting emotional. And I, and like, I already knew everything about it. So I was like, this is very... Again, it's manipulative, but it's well made and every movie should be manipulative yes but here's here's my point of view that i'll say about coney 2012 here are my three points maybe it'll be more i don't know yet i can't freaking count but here are my three points that i would say are my issues oh number one yes number one you have a very slender finger yeah you just found this out number one i did yes it it makes sense why you you can uh, you're learning to play piano but number one I would say is, and you know, this hit me over the head. Call me a freaking uh, snowflake soft boy if you want. But I think it was, at least on the internet, one of the big things that kind of also started white saviorism. Um, yeah, there definitely is a bit of that. The popularization of it. I, uh, what, what I mean, though, is like... Definitely slacktivism as well. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it starts with this guy and his kid. Like, look how cute my kid. But what if my, you know, I'm saving these people. It's me. You know, a lot of the documentary is about him. It is. It really is. It's about him and his efforts to, like, save these people. Yeah. And I, I think another thing. So the number one is that it's, it's very much around him, which I, for entertainment purposes, I get. But it kind of did, at least from my knowledge point, kind of launch in this big thing of internet white saviorism of like look what i can do whether it be like oh i'm a youtuber taking a video of me giving money to like a black homeless you know like shit like that like look don't fuck this guy whatever i gave him money he's good now but look at what a good dude i am um and i think another thing and you know it's little known fact thomas actually because i gotta give you credit thomas the credit where credit is due you know i i know a lot of this stuff because of him um, but Joseph Coney wasn't super active when the documentary was coming out. A lot of the stuff that he was doing was like late 90s, early 2000s. Well, he wasn't. What it was is he had left Uganda. He wasn't operating in Uganda anymore. I think it was South Sudan or maybe the Cong- Congo. Dem- yeah, Democratic Republic of Congo. Any country that has democratic in its name. 
not, not democratic. Never democratic. Uh, I think that's where it was. I could be wrong, but don't correct us. Um, yeah, so that was like another issue with the uh, with the doc. And it's actually funny, and to speak to the opposite side of misinformation, is when I was a kid and it came out and I saw that and I saw the, like, and then I heard it was actually faked. What I had heard was that Joseph Coney had been dead for, like, five, ten years. So I really thought it was ridiculous. I was like, huh? He's dead? <laughs> what are you talking about? But, yeah, well, here's here's a crazy fact. Okay. Is if you actually do your research, so go out there and actually do your research. Joseph Coney is not actually Joseph Coney. Joseph Coney, his actually name is Joey Coco, and he is a Ugandan father of 12. So a lot of the times when it shows like, oh, this is him with his child militia, him and his kids are actually going to the shooting range. He's actually a really good dude. He's a single father. And this whole thing was kind of pinned on him, which is super fucked, actually. Is and you know why you know why I got pinned him? You know why I got pinned him and not someone else? Because 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 Joey Coco is black, okay? And I think the treatment exactly of right. African American or African African people in Africa or America is terrible. So this white fucking cuck makes this documentary. He sees this dude who's got fourteen kids. Uh oh, Jason Russell only got one kid. He's jealous as shit. He finds this picture of them going to the shooting range. It's on Facebook. You can go to Joey Coco's Facebook and you can see it. It's like me and the kids trying to get a target or a hole-in-one. LOLs. And he's like, you know what? First of all, my kid can't even shoot good. And he's one. I want to make an example of this fuck. So he started photoshopping all these photos and making it be like, oh, he has like a child militia and he's like a guerrilla army dude. And like all these pictures with him like mutilating kids. Uh-oh, it's actually a video of him giving his kid a bath, photoshopped, okay? They just colored the water red. Exactly. <laughs> so really what's happening is is this dude is ruining a reputation of, like, a really good guy. Yeah, and that's the thing that they don't tell you. And that's why you have to come to a show like this to find out the real facts, the real information. Now, here's where it gets crazy. Um, so if you actually go to Jason Russell's Facebook and you dig, like, go back to, like, pre-2012, there's actually a lot of videos of him smothering children in a ball pit. He's killed a lot of kids. And he's just trying to pin all the, oh, this, Coney did it, you know? Like, oh, isn't Coney in Uganda? That's how far his reach is, dude. That's why we need this campaign. He's killing kids in ball pits in uh, San Bernardino Valley. <laughs> he needs to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Russell needs to be stopped. That's how, He's killing all these kids and blaming it on a single black father. That's exactly right. Jason 2022. Jason 2022. So that's my conspiracy that's our, that's our, Or I guess Russell 2022. I don't care because this is the 10-year anniversary of when a man tried to destroy <laughs> a single black father's livelihood and we're going to put him on blast. Yeah, because if you really look closely at those photos of Joseph Coney, they're water guns. Yeah, that's true. It's a goddamn super soaker. And this has been photoshopped black. And this is the thing. This is why you can't believe what you hear online. And this is why... Uh, Don't believe anything here either. Like, literally nothing online you should believe. No. Josh and I aren't even real people. No. We're, at, we're AI. <laughs> <laughs> we're generated, computer generated. Based dudes. on the dumbass shit people say. Yeah, they, they linked us up to Twitter for 24 hours, and this is what it spat out. <laughs> um... Yeah, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now because I'm so upset about what they did to that poor man. No, 
So um, I, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I was talking about the three things <laughs> and went on a fucking tangent. But yeah, yeah. number number two, I I think it. Don't get me wrong. The the dude was doing terrible things, but I think a lot more of, you know, the push for stuff that was happening in Uganda wasn't really happening anymore. And I think my number three yeah. issue with the documentary is I think it it sort of pushed in this new age of not really doing your research, watching something from one source and taking it as fact. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to think people used to get all their all their news from well, the, the news. So no, of course, and it I, makes sense. I think it's it's a thing that people have been doing forever. It's just like people, if you speak with authority on the internet, people tend to believe you, even if you have no proof or anything at all. Uh, case in point. Yeah, the whole Joey Coco thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I made all that up. And you thought it was real. Cause, you believed me. Because you're a gullible person on the internet, just like all of us are. So, And this is the problem. This is why we need to get uh, censorship up. <laughs> we can't have anyone posting online anymore because it's just not safe. It could be a lie. Anyway, yeah, so... Again, I just I feel like I don't I I guess my theory is just that it's just like a I've said it. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than that this is just a thing that I think no one's talking about and and a issue that I have no idea how how to solve. But yeah, it, I will firmly for the rest of my life stand on the ground that Coney 2012 is the reason we got Donald Trump 2016. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. Just, you know, showing how much something can spread. And a lot of what Cambridge Analytica did do was via Facebook doing targeted posts. And Facebook just like, I feel like they saw this happening and were like, nice. Because they changed their whole algorithm after that to push like third party content onto your feed. Oh, yeah. And it, I don't know. At, Facebook's whole system is kind of fucked. But what I'm thinking is we got to get Cambridge Analytica to push this fucking podcast. Oh, I like that. Because clearly it works. Um, so here's here's what I'm going to say. And if, if you're listening to this and you download the podcast, I want you to take this snippet. Okay. So there's this man and he lives in South America, specifically um, Cuba which is not in South America. That's the confusing part, but it doesn't matter. Um, so this guy in Cuba, what he is doing is he is both an anti-Semite and anti-Frenchman. And what he is doing is he is trying to suppress our podcast specifically. And every time someone tries to listen to our podcast, it glitches out and he murders a baby. So what we He doesn't need, have to murder the baby. He doesn't have he to murder the baby. It. He just does it. But only does it when someone doesn't listen to our podcast. So... His name is uh, Daniel Hammer. I saw Hammer up there. Um, Daniel Hammer. And what Daniel yeah. Hammer is doing is he's suppressing our podcast and killing infants. So what we need you to do is spread the word Hammer 2025. Because I'd like a couple of years of promotion on this. Daniel Hammer, sorry, 2025. And the only way to stop him from killing babies is to go to Anchor FM uh, dash friend uh the only the only way to stop him is to go to patreon.com slash friend styles yeah. and pledge a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And with that money and with that support, we can uh, make another video or something. I don't know, whatever we're gonna uh, do. Oh, we'll, we'll take the money, we'll go to Cuba and then we'll say, Hey buddy, I heard you're into hammers and smash him with a hammer. Yeah. 
because his last name's Hammer, so it's a pun too. Yeah, and I think he'll appreciate that as he's dying. He'll go, you know what? At least they were funny about it. And maybe with the rest of the money that we get, because we want more than the price of the ticket, obviously. Um, is yeah, that's we, only like a couple, like a four yeah, or me, five pledges. So me, Thomas, and our wives will uh, go to the south of Greece for a little bit and just kind of chill. Yeah, and and you could. With your help, we could make that possible. We could uh, kill a war criminal and then just chill for a little bit. Because you know what? We earned it. We stopped a lot of dead babies from happening. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, So part of the other the thing in the video, too, is that they were like, we're going to get the UN on board. We're going to get the United States government to deploy troops into uh, Uganda and help like find this guy. But again, people were like, he's not even in Uganda. Like, it's not really doing anything that much. And as far as I know, I think I last, what I last read is that they've withdrawn support and coast, like, Kony is still out there, hasn't been captured. So it's like, I don't know. I, like, I don't want to say they shouldn't have tried, but I just wonder, like, I guess people would have figured it out regardless of Kony 2012. They were just the first ones there, but it's just, like kind of a shame that they opened the door to so much like evil i guess like manipulation and then they didn't even weren't oh, even yeah. able to accomplish the goal they didn't even get it they set out for if, it. if anything here's two things they did C- can you hold up a number one here's thing? a one number one um they alerted him that they were looking for him <laughs> yep and number two uh they did become the first video on youtube to ever get one million likes oh really Coney twenty twelve, yeah. Coney twenty twelve statistic, yeah. Time magazine called it the most at the time the the most viral video of all time. What do you think is now probably Gangnam Style? I think Gangnam Style for sure. That was a better video. <laughs> yeah, Opa, <laughs> Opa is actually doing a lot more for the community than Coney. Yeah, than than Jason Russell. You know, it's a satire on the the high class. the the the, the concept for Gangnam Style is essentially Parasite. Okay, I haven't seen Parasite. Cause uh, I, Gangnam yeah. is like a, a very I'm it's not gonna a, tell a very affluent neighborhood a, in, in Seoul. South Korea. Yeah, I believe it's in Seoul. It is in Seoul. So- there's only two. There's only two places in South Korea, as far as I'm aware. There is Busan, which is beaches, and there's Seoul, where everyone lives. And then there's whatever's in between. But everyone I've met from South Korea is from Seoul, and they only ever talk about Seoul or Busan. So you're saying they got Seoul? And they're super bad. Dude, very cool. Thank you. Did I, you just come up with that? I just came up with that. Just off the fly. I thought it'd be a cool lyric in a song. And I was like, what if I just threw it in here as a pun for a song Whoa. I'm going to make one point? Yeah. You're going to make a song. I think I'm going to make I, a song. I sold some headphones. Uh, I sold some of Max's headphones last night. Max, my cousin. To some, yeah, my roommate, actually. Okay, easy. <laughs> um, sold some of his headphones on Marketplace because he doesn't have Facebook, so he can't do Marketplace. Yeah, I'm still on Facebook. Okay, whatever. I have people. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, we're the last goddamn uh, millennials on Facebook. Well, I I have people I'm friends with on there. I don't got their contact anywhere else. What? I'm just gonna. I don't talk to them, obviously, but I still. Yeah. Want, why would you talk to some loser on Facebook? I, no, I would never. But I still want to have their name on my list. I still want to have a ton of friends. Yeah, it's, you still want to have that 600 friends or 1,000 friends. Exactly, you still want to look dude. chill. Sometimes when I'm feeling sad, I go and I look at the number and I go, wow, look how liked I am. I'm so popular. Look at me now, young Thomas. You finally did it. You finally yeah, got like, more than 100 friends, okay? You're finally doing okay in the world. I might have like only like 
three friends in real life, but like I got like six hundred and eighty on Facebook. Yeah, dude, exactly. So I would never, I would never get rid of that. <laughs> not for anything. I, I, not for my privacy. Not for anyone else. No. I do anyway, want to. Sorry, I was. Gonna, I was gonna say something. Well, I was idiot. not done saying what I was gonna say. Okay, say what you're gonna say. I'm sorry. So this is it, right? So, um, I sold these headphones to this guy. And he bought them, and then he was leaving, and I was saying goodbye. And then he, and then from across the street, he yelled, "Hey, if you ever need a studio to lay down some tracks, hit me up." So there you go, Josh. I got studio time booked already. Are you sure he wasn't just trying to fuck you? I mean, that's. I, but if we can get a like a number one hit single for you on the radio, isn't that worth it? Yeah, you'll throw back. You'll throw back. From, yeah, it's I get it. For, it's all for the brand. Like I gotta put out. Yeah, I. What I was gonna say. Yeah. Is just going back to internet history, which is what this podcast is about. It's a, this is a show about internet history. I know, right? I I was gonna say a couple things about Facebook. Yeah. So number one, hold up the finger, please. Um, is I I think Facebook. So to the kiddos that don't remember in the wild wild west days of the internet. There were a lot of different like Friendster or MySpace, social media platforms, a c- couple years maybe they lasted. Facebook is, it, we're kind of in the age now where some like Facebook and YouTube as like a video sharing site are kind of the only option. Yeah. Like what other, what like, because Instagram, TikTok, different things, you well, know? Instagram is owned by Facebook. Exactly. So it, I mean, we're kind of at a point where similar to like when uh, suburbs became gentrified. You had this mom and pop shop that, oh, okay, we make we make pastries. And then fucking Superstore opens up next door and is like, oh, we have pastries and we have every type of grocery you can have and trampolines and surfboards, lawnmowers, dildos, the whole thing. And I feel like Facebook literally was just a place where you could share photos, post what you're thinking about that day, and say if you're in a relationship. And now you can buy fucking headphones off of there. You can, like, advertise your business. It, uh, it There's, like, a whole, like, messenger, which is kind of its own thing. Instagram is that. You can do stories. Like, it's, like, Facebook or YouTube or Instagram. All these things just do everything now. So why would you go to, like, a small video sharing website that just has the video sh- ability to share videos? Or why would you go to Craigslist anymore, you know? Marketplace has it all. Yeah, it's true. No, it's actually a really good point support local assholes it's covid you want to get a bagel go to a deli you want to get a breakfast sandwich go to a deli but that's that's actually a really good point because even even fucking google failed to create like a something to compete with facebook that's how ingrained it is in us now oh yeah google plus like did not make it google video sucked so they bought youtube Yeah, but Google Video used to be able to upload more than 10 minutes uh, initially. No one cares. I cared. I used to watch entire seasons of Red vs. Blue on that. Okay. And then and then, uh, and then, I stopped, I guess. Well, who's standing now and who can do like three hour long videos now, Thomas? Uh, roosterteeth.com. Oh, I, I meant YouTube. Oh, that's true. We upload our podcast there. We do. It's long, so yeah. Why aren't you listening to it on YouTube, by the way? We got, like, fucking no views. Do, do us no a solid. Views, we got a 100% like ratio of positive, but we only have, like, two likes. So this is crazy. Um. Anyway, I guess uh, I've sort of run out of steam on this, uh, but I don't know. I, yeah, this is sort of my, my little ramble. This is my, my chance to be put in the spotlight, and I, I think I got, like, a solid B-plus on my essay about... 
uh, Coney 2012 and its effects on uh, the mainstream media and the cu- cultural zeitgeist. I'm going to give you an A-. minus. Okay, I like that. Why do I get an A-? minus? I thought it was better than a B plus because I was entertained and then you kind of went on that whole thing about uh, Joey Coco. That was pretty chill. I did that. You did that. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was cool. It, w- it would have been like a C minus, maybe a D, but that thing really that elevated Joey it. Joey Coco thing. You really liked that. The Joey Coco thing. I really liked that. That was fucking ace. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a good thing I thought of doing that bit because if I didn't, yeah, you would have failed me, it sounds like. I wouldn't have failed you, but like a barely a pass. Yeah. Okay. Like because you didn't want to have me as a student next year. So you give me the lowest possible passing grade, but you know, I'm not like actually ready to pass. Yeah. No, I just did it. So you'd leave the school. Yeah, exactly. And I want you, you to graduate join, with dishonors and join the workforce as some whatever a carjack. A car? What the fuck is a carjack? I don't. The thing that lifts the you, car. So you, <laughs> you you operate the <laughs> carjack no and men- that's it. Or you yourself are the carjack. Yeah, because I have no mental power, but I'm strong. They just kind of crank your leg until the car goes. Yeah, up. exactly. That's all I'm. And ki- honestly, you're not that strong. I don't think you could do it, buddy. Uh, I don't even think you could uh, uh, pull a real car jack. Oh, uh, what? I could maybe do that. I'm. <laughs> no, you couldn't even press the goddamn hydraulic button. You'd probably your finger would crumble. I could do that. I think. Nah, dude. Oh my god, I'm crying today. I, you should. This is what I'm doing today now. I had, I had to go to work, I thought, but no, I'm crying. No, you're crying. Anyway, A minus. I think uh, my takeaway is I'm going to think twice about reposting something on Facebook and what I see. I think it's making me think of how uh, sharing meme culture to, to sort of get a point across has kind of blossomed. And uh, also, it made me a little nostalgic for the early days of the internet. Uh, when people just called everyone racial and homophobic slurs, but it still felt like a community. <laughs> there was love there. There was love. Uh, there were just trolls and there were lovers. And now everyone has some weird... Con- we're living in a time right now where people think that vaccines are going to kill them. And the only reason so many more people are not dead of fucking polio is because of vaccines, you idiots. That's exactly right. Do you know, I we, we manage a restaurant, me and Thomas. Do you know how many fucking anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers there are? The amount of people who come in, so we, we have to do a temperature check. We have like a temperature gun, thermometer that uh, we, it seems pretty fucking common sense that you would point it at someone's forehead because that's like going to be where if you have a fever, that's going to be the hottest part. The amount of people who come in and demand us to do their wrist instead of the forehead because for whatever reason they think we're shooting fucking gamma rays into their brain um and and then i'm like no like if you don't let me do your forehead which gives like a much more accurate temperature reading i'm not letting you into this restaurant because i don't want to get covid for 16 dollars an hour you know like get the hell out of here this is a privilege that you get to come here and eat also you're very clearly not from the same household or social group get out also here, here's a statistic i learned this is actually actually a real statistic is internally like in the core of the head women usually run slightly hotter than men but they have considerably colder hands to the point where if a woman has a fever but was out in the cold there can be a five degree not 0.5 a five degree difference that's insane so if this area is cold, this ain't going to be much, much hotter. So you could be reading 36 here and have a fucking fever. So no, your wrist is not accurate. And that's uh, that's the true moral of this episode is please 
if you feel ill, if you're warm or whatever, just don't even come to a restaurant. Honestly, don't go to a restaurant. Don't come to the restaurant. Don't don't listen to what your racist uncle has to say about how masks don't work. It's been statistically proven that if two people are wearing a mask, it considerably reduces the risk because it's, it's not even have to get into science. Hey, try spitting at someone and then try spitting at someone with a mask and see how that works. You'll have spit in your mask. <laughs> and, uh, Let's let's get Coney. And let's get Coney, okay? So if you're going to... Coney 2027, it's happening. Wear a mask in a restaurant, but if you're going to spit at Coney, take it off so it actually hits him. I've been Josh. And I've been Thomas. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. Uh, please go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash friendstyles. Uh, if you're listening to us on a Spotify, give us a like and a review on Apple Music. If, you, if you're on Apple Music, subscribe on Spotify. Check out our YouTube account, Friendstyles Productions. Uh, and check out our wholesome OnlyFans. We got it all. We need this cross-pollination. We also, we're going to have an Instagram. Maybe we should get a Twitter. We don't have one yet. Maybe we should get one. We'll get a Twitter, uh, a daily booth. We'll do it oh, all. Oh, yeah. I like that. I'm going to buy a, a goddamn flip camera and start daily vlogging. Remember when daily booth, uh, Dave Days did a daily booth video and then Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore were in it? I do kind of remember that. Dave yeah. Days and Ashton Kutcher in the same room feels like... like yeah like a thing to me and then at the end uh it it's like i guess demi moore goes on his daily booth and then ashen kutch is like don't go on my daily booth and then kind of makes a parody of that kid that like shoved the xbox controller up his ass by trying to put his phone up the ass that's just a lot of throwbacks right in one thing so if you can find that video watch it you'll have a good laugh you'll remember that ashen kutcher was married to demi moore for a little bit and his his goddamn uh you have to go to family dinners with Bruce Willis. It's it's a fun time. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye. We love you. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>